what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hey, I'm Amy Chang, and I'm a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and this is Healthy AF. Here, we're going to bring to you all things health. You'll hear stories of people who have transformed their health and in the meantime, transformed their lives. We'll answer those burning questions about the newest health strategies, and we'll tackle some common roadblocks that my clients bring to me all the time. Lastly, we're going to talk to some practitioners who will bring to you different modalities that they're passionate about and how you could benefit from using those. So buckle in. We're going to be inspired, instructed, and have a little fun with Healthy AF. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Healthy AF. I'm super excited this time because I have my friend Christine. She was uh, has was an instant friend the moment she spoke to me. We were on the same path, uh, and I can't wait for you to meet her and hear a little bit about what she does and how it impacts everybody's health in every arena they live in. Welcome, Christine Burroughs. Hello, Amy. Good hey. to be here. I would love for you to share with our listeners um, sort of you've got a very interesting career slash professional path and it's given you a toolbox that is like as big as my house. And I'd love to share that with the listeners. I'd like to start with how we met because that almost sums up your toolbox in like an instant. (laughs) Can you share that story? If only that had been the whole story of my life, I'd be really happy. But sometimes you have to wait until you're a little older to really appreciate the benefits of how how you get to play uh, when you meet people and get to play in business. So you and I met at the Wilmington Business Journal Expo. Um, My new company and I were set up as exhibitors and we had a pickleball net out there and we'll get to that. And uh, you walked by and we asked everybody the same thing. You want to play? And you said, you had me at, you want to play. So (laughs) you popped in. I don't think you had ever played pickleball before. But you were natural. You could tell you were athletic and you could tell that you you know, enjoyed a good, playful spirit and you were receptive to coaching. And so I think it was just honestly, it wasn't that there was a, a business opportunity as much as there was just a spirit of compatibility around play. Yeah. And I think that was the beginning of a friendship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, like I said, it doesn't take much. You say play. I say yes, please. And it doesn't matter if I know the game or unless it's risk or monopoly. Now, I, ju- I have a, a gut reaction to either of those games. Tra- traumatic older brother whoopings on that. But Me too. Me too. It's <laughs> <laughs> too smart. It took too long. And I was like, forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. I know. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired. Of, I just right. can't take the beatings constantly. But otherwise, especially if it's a um, a movement based game, you say play. I say yes, ma'am. So right. I really loved the way y'all brought that out. And yep. it's your business. So um, it is business. you want to start on career path, then business, or you want to start on business and then fill in the gaps? Well, honestly, it's kind of a thread. I tell my kids too, who are in their twenties that, you know, every experience they have might, you know, lead to the next one. And, you know, my own professional background started in the high school history classroom Mm -hmm. where I thought because I 
communicated well and was somewhat entertaining and was a good student myself that I could somehow teach high school students. And um, that was really, really, really hard. And so I, I left that. Okay. So you were a high school history teacher. That was not <laughs> for you. <laughs> no, so I thought it was where did you be- go? Yeah. So then I um, landed this amazing job working for a company that did all of the cable in the classroom and teacher materials for the Discovery Channel and um, spent the lion's share of my career in, um, I'm going to call it the edutainment space. Lots of fun, amazing content that was used in um, schools and had clients like the National Geographic, Sports Illustrated for Kids, just really great, fun content and learned how to craft a decent sentence and paragraph and communicate effectively. And then parlayed that into putting a flag out and saying a shingle out and saying, guess what? I could be a, you know, marketing strategist for people. Mm. I can speak other languages. I can, um, I can take this out of the education space and do this for businesses. And um, that's how I spent most of my career since then. So then, and this is the fun part uh, after doing that for a long time, I started thinking about what, um, what do I really want to be when I grow up? And how (laughs) old were you when you decided that? That was like three years ago. So, (laughs) but I, um, I did, uh, this, did we talk about this Ikigai or Kaizen? These it's a Jap, I think they both mean the same thing and, and somebody might correct this if I'm wrong, but there is a, um, a Japanese concept that's used in career coaching that aligns what is it you you love to do? What are you good at? What does the world need? And what can you monetize? And here I had spent, you know, lots of time in the um, marketing space, lots of time. So I'm going to call that corporate space with various clients. And then um, plenty of time working, especially in this HR space. I'm not an HR person, but I have a lot of people in it. Mm. And I heard them talking about how employees were, you know, tired, disconnected, unengaged, you know, what's going on, right? This is through the pandemic. And after that, meanwhile, I'm out there playing pickleball every day. I'm like, well, I love playing pickleball. And I know there's this problem. Is there a way that I can bring these things together? So what we ended up doing is, I guess I ended up doing, but my husband is fully supportive, is um, building pickleball corporate team building Mm. and that's playing. So we're using the pickleball court as a place for work teams to come together and play, get out of their, uh, you know, their identities in the workspace. We actually tell people not to tell us what their jobs are. And we bring six to 50 people together at a time. And we run them through a three hour experience where they learn the basics of pickleball. But more than that, they do these little pickleisms, if you will, that align um, what we do on the court, how we communicate and collaborate, and um, what that sort of metaphorically looks like in the office space too. Mm. And then we compete, oh, we play, we get prizes out, and everybody's happy. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I think when we first met, and you asked me if I wanted to play, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" And we played a little while um, and you got to share with me all the, I'm going to call it the juice, Christine, because like really when you get your team out of the office and you allow them to be people and all the vulnerabilities that come with that being people, um, 
man, that is the juice right there. And when you described that, I was like, oh my God, not only is she a genius that she has, you know, taken really a passion um, and, and, and really threaded it in with all that big, huge toolbox you have of communication, education, you know, really changing, transformative changing that you did through your career. That's super exciting and, and awesome sauce. Well, thank you. And, and I do think it's a thread. That's what I started talking about with my kids. It's like, don't dismiss any experience you have, because at some point it's all going to tie together. And um, I, do, I do feel very, very lucky to be doing what I'm doing right now. And um, back to what you were saying, though, about um, the playful spirit when you get people out of their office. I mean, we've had, we have so many stories of being able to talk about people showing up and never having seen a pickleball paddle. And um, never even knowing what the court looked like and being apprehensive. And then the, the jockey player comes out, I'm like, I'm going to slam the ball no matter what happens. And, you know, you got finance and you got marketing and HR and construction for, you know, people and they come together and they're just kind of equals and they're mm. vulnerable, playful. They're now using our little pickleisms to communicate with each other. You know, if you say to somebody, hey, paddles up, which is one of our terms, you don't have to use the vocabulary. Why aren't you ready? (laughs) So instead, you get to communicate in a little different way. And it's just, um, I mean, the effects of it are are palpable and visible afterwards. Hey, um, you know, I really want to hear some specific tales because I know you have some. Okay, I know I know you have some tales of sort of like the before, middle, after of uh, yeah. specific employees who have come or specific clients who have come, but you don't have to name their names. We can just call them all Jim or Sue. Oh, but sure. I really um, would love to start, if it's okay with you, with just that concept of play and why it's important. I think you and I, both through our conversations, it's very natural for us to be like, oh my God, yeah, I don't know how I'd live without play. But that is not conceptually, culturally, one of those high rated, oh yeah, you got to have play in your day, every day to be healthy. So talk to us a little bit about play. You're right. You know, I mean, you and I take that for granted because we're playful people. We, we, Maybe I'm going to maybe just assume this. We like a little competition. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid of it. We um, have maybe even worked on being good sports through life. And being <laughs> well, I was going to say, it, it, to be playful and competitive, you got to lose well. You do. You do. You and I've certainly had, I've definitely had experiences where um, I've, I've just worked too hard at it. And when I'm around yes. bad sports, tricky it's really tricky, but I, I, I don't know if everybody else has had the experience of being able to figure out how to play, com- compete, play. Oh, no, I can say a hundred percent. No. I mean, I've, I've worked, I've been in a CrossFit gym space for the last 15 years. And you know what I do say, and I'll, I'll say this, the, uh, athletes that I have in a CrossFit, oh, you got your baby in a CrossFit. Sorry. No, it's perfect. Um, in a CrossFit space that have longevity in a CrossFit fit space, you know, CrossFit is competitive 
you know, you're competing against your time that you had last time. You're competing against the person who's standing beside you. You're competing about the person who came to the 5 a.m. class. You always watch their name because you're going to the 5 p.m. class. You know, like it's it should breed a healthy competition. But the people who don't stay in CrossFit are the people who can't play competitively. Mm -hmm. They get sucked into the competition and then it's um, harmful to their overall uh, stress, to their overall sense of self, um, their connection with other people, because they they start thinking that actually it means something if they win or it means something if they lose. I think that one is a big one. I mean, I know plenty of people who, uh, I'm going to say family members included, <laughs> who um, <laughs> won't play something that they don't think they're capable of winning. And I think what a shame that is, because there's so much joy to be had in just the play part. Hmm. And to avoid that experience just because you're afraid of losing is really a disappointment, I think. Uh, you know, so I know you asked me, what, what are the benefits of play? Yeah. I was listening to a podcast, another podcast, um, health and wellness podcast the other day. And this guy was basically saying, like, it is a... Um, play is as necessary to the efficacy of our work as anything that if you can't, if you don't have hobbies, for instance, if you don't take time away from that to play, you actually are, aren't tending to your emotional health. You're not yeah. tending to your physical health and therefore you're not bringing your full awareness, your full attention to the work that you're doing. So I think it's almost like a necessity for our mental health. Oh and gosh, then of course, I'd like to name it a new, new vitamin. It's a vitamin that you have to have, you know, some of those vitamins that your body can't produce. Your body can't produce play. You have to actually take it, you know. You got to make it happen. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that whole, like there are games you can play. I know that, you know, we play a lot of board games and games as a family too that aren't physically active. And a lot of those now don't have just singular winners. So you can kind of avoid the, yep. <laughs> the competitive spot if you want to. The soul but crushing, um, <laughs> older brother phenomenon. You know, um, right. I, I saw too, I don't know how you feel about this, but sometimes I start to color. And even mm. that coloring is play. Uh, you know, there's a definition, I think, out of... Um, Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection book. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, but she she lays out 10 guideposts for wholehearted living, right? Really stepping into your healthiest, fullest self. Um, that's an authentic way of living. And number seven, cultivating play and rest. Wow. Yeah, it's really important. And so I even find that sometimes, I think her definition in there... Uh, that she took from another researcher and, and noted like she didn't steal it, but she noted another researcher was like um, doing something without purpose. So mm -hmm. even our play, if we do it to get something can become like even our play, if we do it to win and we don't win can lose the nourishing quality of play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't, I know they're different things playing and competing, but I would also say that competition, 
mini competitions, they sharpen our edge. You know, they, they give us a little bit more intensity. They improve our game mm-hmm. and maybe improve our game in other ways as well. And, you know, even if it's just little competitions, the idea that you whether it's competition with yourself, like in CrossFit against a personal record or whether it's competition against another person or, you know, on the golf course or whatever it is, I think we're looking for ways to bit by bit just you know, polish our own gems, if you will. Yeah. I, I've always loved, um, and I've always said this, you know, uh, CrossFit has CrossFit games every year. And every year somebody says to me, why do you do the CrossFit games? Like, clearly I'm not going to, you know, like I'm not an international fit person. I do. You're the, pretty fit, Amy. <laughs> I'm pretty fit. Um, I do the games every year. I sign up and I do the uh, workouts that they prescribe because it does sharpen. It it lets me know those places that are holes for me that I don't like to train. Like, I don't really like to train my upper body. All my strength is in my lower body. It feels good and it's easy to train my lower body. When I start putting that on the on the up top, my little noodle arms are like, no, don't you want to lift that with your legs? Come on, girl. So, you know, it really, it gives me a, it, it gives me a couple of things. It gives me a place to look at my weaknesses. And it also gives me a place to try stuff that I would not typically try. And there's a big, there's a big thing that I think play gives us when we are in play mode it's like a kid at the monkey bars. Like, I don't know if I can get upside down. Let's see what happens. You know, and so yeah. many times in our grown up lives, we don't approach life like, shit, I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> you know, we approach life like, I don't know. Well, maybe if I put A before B before C and I plan this appropriately and I call this person and I, you know, <laughs> then I'll see how so I should do it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, not to just take it all back to pickleball, because, of course, that, back, I've played girl. plenty of sports in my life. But I think of pickleball because it has this craze that's going on right now mm. and this curiosity. It is a great place for people to, hey, you want to try, you want to let's go try this together a little bit. And so it does. Uh, I'm not saying it levels the playing field completely, because there's definitely people who have more experience with hand-eye coordination or they're just more athletic. But because a lot of times in work environments, when we're bringing, you know, teams together, they'll say, oh, yeah, I've been hearing about this. I've been wanting to do it. And there might only be two people on the whole team, the work team, who have ever played it before. And they all want to socialize it. Because do you do you know much about pickleball, Amy? I really don't. I know that my friend Christine asked me, did I want to play one day? <laughs> and, and that is the first and last time I've held a pickleball paddle. So... Well, I won't give you the the whole story, but, you know, its origins are in social play. Its origins are unlike tennis, where you say, this is the origins of it, okay, Um, where you say, okay, we have four people, let's go play doubles on this court at this time for two hours. Now, I mean, pickleball was sort of built on the idea that come one, come all at this time to these open courts, four people will play. Once that game is over, two people will come off, two new people will come on, you mix and mingle, all levels are welcome. So it has this very accepting, you know, cross level play. Now, it is absolutely morphing now that there's 
professional and competitive play out there, but it still has its base in something that's very social. Mm. So what we do when we bring people together in team building is we use that model of, you know, we're all in this together. I don't care, you know, who you are, what you do. Let's just learn this sport together. That's has pretty low barriers to entry. It's not, I mean, you saw it. It's not like that hard to do. It's a little wiffle ball ish and a solid paddle and a net that's not too high, and the court's you know less than half the size of a tennis court. So people can do it and have success. So back to your question earlier about stories, there you know the, the person will walk on the court that you look at and you're like, this person is never even going to get this ball over the net, or you would think that, or they might think it about themselves. Yeah, that's the big one. They, they believe it. They believe it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you said, hey, guess what? You can just sort of stand up here and close to the net and just hit it really softly over. And that's actually a really good shot. And they're like, what? <laughs> I don't have to be big muscly. I don't have to be good at CrossFit. I can just do this. And they get, they're so proud of themselves afterwards. It's oh. that's, I think one of the joys of new play, right? Yeah. I always, al- always, always, always. And what a privilege to be a part of that. Yeah. No, I have yeah. this uh, same, same, same experience, particularly when CrossFit came out in 07 it was very much like, well, can you pick up that heavy thing and put it over there? And some people were like, no, but I can run two miles. And some people were like, I can't run two miles, but I can put pick up that heavy thing and put it over there. And so it was an equalizer when it came out. It was very new. And so what I hear from you, and, and I adore it, is because pickleball is still fairly new, and because it is sort of interlevel, all in one melting pot, Everybody kind of is same, same. Yep. I love that. I love that. And it does give you a real basis for, okay, you're the CEO and I just got hired yesterday on the maintenance crew and we're same, same. It's so good. It's so fun. So good. You know, I mean, I guess you can do that at axe throwing and you could do that at top golf, but what the pickleball court really gives us and especially I would say our team building curriculum is that, you know, it is um, uh, not, it, it's not terribly difficult. So I think top golf is a little harder maybe, but axe we also, throwing can be difficult. Now I'm pretty good axe, at it, but axe throwing can be difficult. I might need a lesson from you. Cause I will tell you, I've gone a couple times <laughs> and mine don't stick. So I'm a little sad about that, but um with pickleball, we break it down into these little things that are as simple as what's your body language during this play? Mm. Are you are you trying to convey that you're having fun? And even if you're not, fake it till you make it. And then we give away prizes for people who do that. So there's little wins you can have. Uh, is your paddle up? Are you ready for the, the ball to come? You know, maybe you didn't get the ball over the net, but you showed your partner that you were in the game and you were ready. I'm you know, with you. you communicate? That, co- yeah, that goes yeah. a long way. I just need to know you're with me, man. Yes. It goes a long way. In fact, that paddles up one. That's one of our little pickleisms. And one of our first clients after the game. So paddles up is just a, 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 you know, kind of a readiness drill. Like I'm in it, like you just said. And by the way, so is my partner. We're both ready. And it, it helps you be ready for a ball that might come back faster. But it also conveys trust with your partner. Mm. Now, that same group, when they have their morning stand-up meeting, they call it paddles up. And they're all inspired by it. So it's kind of fun, the stuff that can be brought back to the office afterwards. So subtly, not 
This is not deep rocket science, but it's still subtle enough that it improves communication. I love it that it does not sound like, uh, you know, in nursing particularly, and there's been a mass exodus of nurses since COVID. And, um, oh, yeah, I was reading something out of the North Carolina was it North Carolina State? Yeah, it was the the uh, North Carolina State Board of Nursing Bulletin the other day on empowerment in nursing. And um, I'd like to, you know, scrape up the healthcare systems and say, go get your asses in some pickleball because, oh, um, oh yeah, you'd have a lot of clients because uh, typically something that leads to burnout and dis- dissatisfaction and poor performance is top down. There's no team and there's empowerment in team and there's connection in play. And there's neither of that in I'm going to decide what needs to be done. And then I'm going to tell you to go do it. Yeah. There's just none of that's happening. Yeah. You know, not just in nursing, but if you look, I mean, I know it's happening there because my daughter also is, um, you know, a a nurse and now a nurse practitioner. So she would say the same thing, but in, in, Almost every corporate organization, they're dealing with, what are we doing with hybrid employees? What are we doing with our remote employees? How are we figuring out how to uh, trust each other? How are we figuring out how to um, to build culture? How are we finding out how to identify as part of a singular team? And you, you, you got to be intentional about that. I know that leaders, bosses are looking for ways to do that through a variety of, you know, how do we conduct one-on-ones? How often do we have stand-ups? How often do we do performance reviews with folks? We're looking all over the place. How often do we bring them together for something that is not just fun, but actually has some deliberate element to it that, um, you know, moves them off the dime, brings them closer to each other, mm-hmm. makes them laugh the next time they see each other, brings something up. That we say, you know what? You were a really good communicator on the court. I really appreciated how you did that. I bet you're really good in the office that way too. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, okay. Will you, will you tell us, look, I'm getting in my listening position. Will you tell us stories? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one I thought about, actually, um, I have a couple. And the first one I thought about was, um, a player who showed up who I'm going to put in the extremely unathletic. Okay. Uh, actually, extremely like coming out and visibly uncomfortable walking onto the court, you know, like, do I have to do this? You know, what's this going to feel like? And, you know, concerned and vulnerable. And, you know, we start, like I said, let's, here's a paddle, here's a ball bounce it a little bit, bounce it a little bit, sort of feel what it feels like. And, you know, I think she was like, this isn't, this isn't, this can't be that hard. And then now get someone across the net from you and see if you can just get it back and forth. So three hours later, she is like literally raiding, laughing, having a blast, like running down balls to get them over the net. At the end of it, she, she was the first to write us, you know, a testimonial and say, this was so fruitful for me personally, mm. you know, just to see herself be better than she thought she was going to be. Oh. And then for us as a team to laugh together, to play together, to get out of the office, to cross business lines. You know, she was finance and who was on the other side of her was you know, construction. So mm-hmm. it was, it was very, um, it was just moving to see that happen. Yeah, it is moving, you know, and it to both be a part and be an observer of uh, what happens when people, step out of their comfort zone and have a discovery, whatever it is, 
you know, whatever discovery it is, uh, when yeah. they have that and see themselves newly, woo, girl, that's some power that's right there. What was that like for you being a part of that? Well, for you, it's like a testimonial to our, the work we're doing. Cause that's what I want to do. I mean, I'm not necessarily looking to be a personal coach to people like you are. I'm just looking to help teams, you know, um, be better versions better. of themselves collectively. Mm-hmm. And I think play is one space to do that. And the pickleball court definitely just provides a great arena for it. You know, the other, the other quick story I was going to tell you is, is, um, you know, how about the boss being the best player? So that's a whole different, that's coming in and, you know, not trying to showcase that. And I watched him. So a male boss with a mostly female, uh, you know, employee group find his, find his way to um, still compete, have fun, learn the sport, but not throw it down people's throats, you know, just sort of see each of his different employees kind of come to his court because we do a lot of rotating and you know I was really impressed with his ability to meet them where they were and still and not patronizingly Mm-mm. and then find the you know the ones in the group that really wanted to compete hard compete hard laugh play so he level set each time and I just was impressed it really indicated to me that he was a leader who is dis- discerning enough to do something different with different people on his team Oh, that's great. And and what a um what a nice way to display that skill. Cause you don't always get to see that skill. Sometimes that happens behind closed doors or in separate meetings. But when you put it out on the court, everybody can see that. Well, you know what, Amy, too? So the people who might have needed a little bit more, you know, TLC from him mm-hmm. on the court might not have been those same people who need TLC in the office. They might be people who are high performers in one space. And when you take them to play, you get to see a different side of their own emotional needs, their own, you know, in terms of the relationship they have with their boss. So I, I am, I mean, I felt like that was a, a, a leadership quality that I admired watching him flex. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. What, what's your proudest moment? Uh, for one thing, will you remind us what is the name of your company? Well, thank you. It's Pickleball Corporate Team Building. The team is in parentheses because it's the initials PBCB. And that happens to be my husband, Peter Burroughs, and me, Christine Burroughs. So we're doing a little play. We are pb-cb.com, and you can find out all about us. We do, um, the team building is our, our, our flagship, if you will, but we also do networking events for small businesses that want to do something more with their clients or their prospects. And then we have the deeper dive into things like um, Clifton Strength Finders, Enneagram, DISC, Working Genius. We can bring in that to, if teams want to dig in a little deeper and do more yeah. of that. Okay. So you, yeah. you actually have a whole menu of that. That's a lot. We do. Okay. We do. Right now we're really focused on the, on the play part. Cause that is, that's my wheelhouse right there. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. That's what I love to do. That's what I, I really think can be impactful. Well, and thank you because frankly, I can get an Enneagram anywhere, right? But I can't play with Christine anywhere. <laughs> no, you can't, but you can play with me anytime you want. <laughs> I'll be calling you later. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the question was, uh, 
what is the proudest moment for you in this company? Hmm. Well, we're still pretty new. So I guess the proudest moment for me has been uh, getting, a you know, like maybe our first testimonial, mm-hmm. like having our first client write back to me and say, you know, had a great time. But even more than that, we are we are actually seeing this come back to our, our office. We're actually seeing and using it. To me, that's the I mean, I, I don't want to make great pickleball players out of everybody. Oh. I really am not a gifted enough professional to do that. But I want to make better colleagues out of everybody. And if somebody says to me, I saw my colleague in a better light, I, mm. I left feeling like I wanted to work more effectively and collaboratively with this person. That's it. Oh, gosh, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being. Is there anything else you want to add in? Anything we missed, didn't talk about? You know, I, you're a health coach, right? I'm sure you could talk about just the other benefits of just getting out and playing and sweating a little bit and moving and not tripping over your feet and not getting injured. Yeah, girl, I could, I mean, this, this podcast could literally last three days. It's such a, um, it's such a passion for me, uh, movement. In itself, I uh, had a podcast recently, I guess a few months ago, with a friend of mine who's a dance instructor, Summer McPherson. She's with Wilmington Latin Dance. And we talked about movement as a, a way to express, as a way to remain healthy, you know, all the good things. And there are so many things that you have mentioned that, you know, because I have been in the CrossFit space for 16 ish years as an athlete, as an instructor, as a gym owner, you know, and then as a health coach, right, who stands for the empowerment of people and creating a life that they love through the lens of what they need to do to get their health there to support that life, right? And yeah, there's like a bazillion things. When you say equal playing field, you know, we get people in CrossFit who have never seen themselves as an athlete, they maybe aren't very coordinated. You know, my mom's, well, we call her Grace for a reason, right? She's not the most coordinated person in town, right? So, <laughs> but, but when you can take that person and the, the college athlete and throw them in the same environment and have them collaborate and appreciate and grow and be vulnerable Yeah. I mean, that's the juice. When you talk about like, I don't want to make pro pickleball players. Yeah. I don't want to make pro athletes. I want to use sport for, for the juice of life. Wow. Wow. You look at what you can do. You can try something and fail miserably and it's okay. You can try something and like succeed at it. (gasps) Oh my gosh, look at what you did. You know, so like all of the the good. And then you add in, I'm getting to move my body around. And it's like, I mean, we could go on for days. It's, it is a real passion for me. And if I could give every person on earth, the freedom and the, the freedom to try and the joy that comes from trying. Hmm. And that's why I asked you to be on the podcast today. (laughs) 
Little successes go a long way, don't they? Yeah, gosh. Yeah, they really do. They sustain us for the big ones, for the for the marathons called life. Yeah. <laughs> called being on the planet. <laughs> Drop the mic, girl. There it is. <laughs> right. All right. Well, everybody, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, many, many, many thanks for Christine coming on and sharing um, pickleball with us and just life lessons, team building, and all her her thread toolbox the size of a house. So, <laughs> thanks everybody, Good and stuff. have a great day. Thanks again, Christine. Thanks, Amy. Good stuff. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy AF Podcast. I hope that it has helped you create a new possibility for your health and sets you into action to go get it. If you want more information or if you want to connect with me, visit my website at myhealthylife.coach. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that each new Healthy AF episode will be sent directly to you. Let's take you from where you are where you want to go. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.